year, why do they call it Ovaltine? The mug is round, the jar is round, they should call it Roundtine. What do you think? Mm. Oh, that's gold, Stephen. Gold. No, not really. No? Oh, I've already lost you. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Welcome to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. That was my attempt at a good stand-up comedy joke. I think a timeless joke. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't deliver. Sorry, Stephen. My name's Ivan, by the way. I am Stephen, like Ivan just said. And hello for another week. Yes, and uh, this week it is a multiple of five, so we're doing a What's the Deal with episode. So it's not your typical episode episode, <laughs> whatever that means. We get, instead of get talking about the characters from one episode, we get a character who's been in one or several episodes who's been uh, pretty big to the plot and uh, today Stephen we have four characters five. Oh, I had four on my list but you've got a fifth well you told us we're doing five so I did five fantastic yes yeah. we sure are and who are they today Stephen uh, so today the topic is Jerry's enemies so that's right yes a bit later on we'll be talking about Kenny Banya the one with the terrible joke at the start yep that's gold Jerry gold <laughs> Tim Watley uh, crazy Joe Davola uh, Mabel Choate, who's also the Rye Lady, yes. and Sally Weaver, five. That's right, five. Yes, fantastic. I don't know why I said four. Don't know Crazy. either. Yes. So these characters have made uh, Jerry's life either absolute hell or a minor nuisance at some points. Yeah. Some some are genuine enemies and some are just people Jerry doesn't like for no real good reason, which we'll explore a bit more later on. Yeah, we sure will. Yeah. If you want to um, be our enemies and tell us why we suck, you can get in touch with us. We've got an email address, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. You can get at us on social media. Bidwabask is our handle. Uh, you can visit our website, bidwabask.com, not bidbaba. Not bidbaba. And you can get at us on uh, iTunes, uh, anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can listen, subscribe, uh, review, or share. That would be amazing. We're basically everywhere these days. We are. We're know? omnipresent. Omnipresent on the internet. Yes. Work that one out. We are the internet. We are the internet. Every week, my man Stephen gives us, before we get into the characters, some Seinfeld news, and he's got a few nuggets to talk about, a few interesting ones. Mm. So let's get cracking for another episode of Bibbobask. <laughs> So to start off this week, Seinfeld News, uh, it was actually a story sent to us by our, probably our number one fan, uh, Jeffrey from the USA, again, I think we mention him most weeks in some capacity. You're my number one guy. Yeah, you're our number one guy. Yeah, you're my number one guy, Jeff. Yeah, I have never thought, I'd, I'd never thought I'd ever be in a platonic uh, online relationship with someone I'd never meet and probably never will meet, but I feel like it's, it's getting to that point. So yeah. if you're comfortable with that, Jeffrey... Um, we're now in a polyamorous podcast-based relationship. Yeah, we're doing all right. And he's never asked for money or to send money to, like, an overseas country or anything or to ship him over, you know? No. He's not a scam artist or anything. He's a legitimate person. No, no, he's That's not right. a Russian bride. Or I, I've been burned that many times by Russian women saying, I love your podcast, send me money. And clicked on all those dud links. Oh, my God. Yeah. Insane. The other day I got an email from a Nigerian prince saying that to uh, unlock millions of dollars in uh, untapped wealth, I just need to send a bunch of money over. You're, you're part Nigerian? Yeah. <gasps> wow, fascinating. I know, I know. And uh, I can see the resemblance. We got fucked over. Oh, man. Yeah, so anyway, Jeffrey sent us a link. Uh, it's a story called The Story Behind the Original Photobomb from Seinfeld's The Slicer. Oh, yes, Kruger and his family and... Uh George just ruining another relationship or another family. What has been dubbed the first ever photobomb. photobomb. Yes. Yeah. So the writer of the article, their name is E. Oliver Whitney. Uh, they're a senior editor at Screen Crunch. Sorry, Screen Crush. 
Uh, I was going to say Screen Crunch, perfect for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, one of the kids in the picture, the oldest kid who's on the right, is actually uh, Oliver Whitney's um, younger brother. So the article focuses on an interview by the writer to uh, the the actor. His name is Travis Wesley. Yeah. Um, and just ask him about his experience on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And yep. did you read this article? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was very fascinating. And and it said when he was a kid, Jerry would take him in his new Porsche Boxster. Yeah, to see the two ride. the two Polaroids. Yeah, that proved that. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, wasn't I think the story was his mother was was she the grip? No, she, what, what, what yeah, was she? so she was she was one of the main grips on the yeah, show yeah, for, that's right. for the whole run. Yeah, that's so, it. Yeah, yeah. So they just hang out on set all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they basically needed a kid to fill the role to yeah. pose for the photo. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, he was around, so they, they used him. And they used him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So it, it talked, I mean, the interview itself was a bit boring. It was just like, what do you remember from the set? What yeah. was memorable? Like, yeah. it, it was fine, but... Just um, such a fascinating insight, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really cool. And uh, a cool, yeah. I, I think, a cool way to do an interview. Yeah. Like one sibling to another. I, I loved when he mentions in the article that Jason Alexander, they said, um, Jason's going to be very angry. You know, he's going to come in and get angry and yeah. throw this and that or do whatever. Yeah. And, and I love when they said to him, try not to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently they did like so many takes. Yeah. Try and get it right. The kids just kept pissing themselves laughing. My favorite <laughs> yeah. photo or part of it was, uh, it was a photo of them taking the photo on the set. Um, and you sort of see George. And he's you know, in character. Yeah. He's, Alexander. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's got like swimming trunks on and then yep. he's obviously got a hairpiece on because he looks a bit younger. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's got Kruger, whoever the actor is that played Kruger. And one of the kids, the kid, I think, uh, Travis, the, yeah. the actor who yeah. is interviewed in the article. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of just like an action shot of them, you know, halfway through uh, creating the scene. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, if you just go to uh, Screen Crush and you just type in the slicer or something like that, you should find it. It's a cool, really cool interview. So the second bit of news, not really Seinfeld related specifically, but I couldn't help but think of Seinfeld when I heard this. So this is actually really uh, heavily reported um, across the world. So uh, I think it was last Friday, um, a 76-year-old German man uh, basically was reunited with his car after he lost it for 20 years. Oh, wow. Did you hear about this? No, no. Tell me more. So in 1997, he parked it to go somewhere or do something and he lost it. He couldn't remember where he parked it. So he reported it stolen to the cops cops looked for it this is in frankfurt in germany yeah uh the cops looked for it and couldn't find it and uh 20 years later so last week uh an old industrial building was scheduled for um demolishment is that a word <laughs> demolition demolition <laughs> demolishment <laughs> demolishment i'm gonna do a demolishment I, on your face yeah <laughs> as 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 i was thinking of that that didn't sound right but <laughs> demolition and i think you're thinking of abolishment Abol. yeah that's true <laughs> That's yeah. true, yeah. yeah. My brain's forcing those two together. Yeah. So, like yeah, so uh, when they were doing one final inspection of the building before demolition, they <laughs> saw the car. And yeah, yeah. the owners yeah. of the building called the cops. The cops tracked it down, and then they basically re- reunited this guy who was 76, or who is 76. Ah, bless him. With his car. Bless him. And its relation to Seinfeld is obviously the parking garage, which is a classic season three episode. (laughs) That's it. Yes, trying to find that car for a whole episode. Yeah, yep. I read about four versions of of the story on different news sites, and not one of them mentioned Seinfeld, which I'm pretty surprised about, because so many times news articles will be about a thing that is sort of touched upon in a Seinfeld episode. But this was like the contest of news articles. That's true. It doesn't mention the actual subject. That's true. (laughs) 
That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because it was sitting there un, un, unused for 20 years, it was so rusted out that it had to be towed away mm. and, and um, scrapped. Yeah, so, of course, yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was an entertaining article. Very entertaining. Too bad he didn't have like a goldfish in a plastic bag and he was wandering <laughs> around for like 20 years. Carrying an air conditioner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he probably got caught peeing, made up a disease. And then the fish like disintegrates and there's nothing <laughs> left after 20 years. It's yeah. just like fish feed. <laughs> it's like bile. He can't pee for, for 20 years either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the name of the disease that Jerry makes up to get out of that fine? And that's some long-winded name. Yeah. Uremycetosis. Yeah, uremycetosis. That's the yes. one. Yeah, yeah. The one, it yeah. sounds like you, a real disease. You got it. You yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So the third bit of news, and this is actually, uh, well, the third and fourth bits of news, they're both related to John O'Hurley, who's the actor who played Jay Peterman. Oh, yeah. What's he up to these days? Uh, so recently he was interviewed by a news organization called Page Six. Um, and he talked a little bit about his audition process for Seinfeld uh, for, the, for the role of Jay Peterman. So... Apparently, he didn't actually do an audition. He was called the night before, um, and he was asked if he wanted to do the bit on Seinfeld. He initially declined because that day, the day he was called, his whatever show he was on previously was cancelled. Yeah. So he was gutted. Yeah. And he didn't want to be a guest. I think he was in a in a starring role in his own show, and it got sure. cancelled. And he got cancelled, and yeah, he he didn't want to go relegate back to being a guest or a exactly. Big part. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yep. he initially declined. Um, and then the next day, his manager said, you've got nothing else going on. Just go in and do it. Yeah. And he went in there reluctantly. Um, and uh, he was handed the catalog, the J, a real J. Peterman yeah. catalog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we read out, I think, in... I uh, think season one sometime. Yeah. You, you, read, you read an article from the catalog, yeah. Yeah, when I found yeah. out that J, when uh, J. Peterman was actually a real company, I read out one of their product descriptions. That's right. You did. It's pretty good. Go back to season one. I forgot which one. Yeah. You know, listen to all of them. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just, <laughs> Just go go back. Do it now. Stop stop listening to this one yep. and start again. If you're a first-time listener or this is, you know, you've caught up in season two and you're like, these guys are cool and you haven't listened to season one, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing with your life? Yeah. Download all of season one and listen to it. Call in sick for the rest of the week at work Yeah. and listen. You've got about 18 hours of content right there in Kid, season one. Kids, I don't care. Yeah. Work, don't care. They Mortgage. can cook. Fuck them. They can feed here. Yeah, exactly. Them. They can feed themselves. This podcast is more important. Yeah, Obviously, we're being overly facetious. But I think we are. Yeah. <laughs> overly, yes. <laughs> overly. Highly. Oh, extremely. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, he, uh, so Hurley was given a J. Peterman catalogue to, to read off of and sort of get into character. And mm. in the interview, he said it was like uh, in his mind when he was reading the description of the, of the products, his, uh, his impression of it was a combination of 40s radio dramas <laughs> crossed with a guy named Charles Kuralt. Nice. I, I didn't know who he was, and I looked him up. Yeah, who was he? He was an American journalist. He died in 1997. Oh, yeah. But he was famous for, uh, for about, I think it was 10 or 20 years, like towards the end of his career, he did this ongoing series. I don't know what channel or who produced it. But basically, he just went from town to town in middle America and just talked to local residents. Because most yeah. news concentrates on LA, Seattle, New York, you know, the major cities. Yeah. And he wanted to spend a lot of time and sort of show what, you know, small town America is like. And that was kind of his career defining work. And you listen to him and he sounds so much like JP, like John Hurley's version John, of John Hurley, yeah. Yeah, where everything's more important. I, I could have blah, 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 blah. I could have imagined what it would, would have been like when the Seinfeld showrunner called John O'Hurley. It would have been like, hello, is this John O'Hurley? Yes. How may I help you? He doesn't talk like no, that. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could just imagine he was like in character already. He's like, yeah. oh, can I help you? Yeah. Would you like to be on Seinfeld? Oh, that's so splendid. I think it would be good. I think it would be good. Yes. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so uh, 
in his mind, he sort of combined uh, a 40s radio drama voice actor yeah. with Charles Kuralt and came up with the, you know, now classic voice. It's definitely like War of the Worlds-esque, isn't yeah. it? His yeah. kind of voice. The aliens have invaded from outer space. It's very dramatic. Yeah. Everything is dramatic. And in the interview, he sort of gave an example of, of uh, you know, he, he, did his, he did the voice and he was like, you know, and you read anything and it's very important, <laughs> even going to the latrine. Yeah, yeah it's hilarious. I love that word, latrine. Such a good word. Yeah. What's your final article, man? Second last. Oh, penultimate, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, 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 yes. through the week, the Buffalo Bills, they're an NFL team. They <laughs> Not uh, the character from Silence of the Lambs. No, no, no. no <laughs> Rubs lotion on the skin. No, 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 no. no nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing like that. Yeah. Nope. Uh, so apparently I don't know anything about NFL and I'm sorry if I get any of this wrong I'm yeah. reading almost verbatim from the article but all good man apparently they surprised the NFL world uh, by announcing that their quarterback their star quarterback Tyrod Taylor T-Rod Taylor yeah uh, he was going to be on the bench this week and a replacement Nathan Peterman ah nice would be the starter for last Sunday's game and they tweeted out that that announcement that yeah. there would be a change in their starting lineup. I laugh if his name was Jacobo Peterman. <laughs> oh, Jay Peterman. <laughs> Fabulous. That would be good. Yeah. And apparently Twitter sort of went crazy because people don't really know, uh, you know, people just call, I think most casual Seinfeld fans just call Jay Peterman Peterman or Elaine's boss. They don't mm. know his full name. Um, and Peterman, I guess, is not really a common last name. It's not a super long, uh, mm. common last name. No, I, it's I, very, it's an anglicized name, but yeah. I don't think it's that common, no. No, no, no. No, no. So when it was tweeted out, uh, it sort of created a bit of internet buzz and Twitter buzz, and apparently a lot of people mistook, uh, you know, thought it was related to John O'Hurley playing Peterman in yeah, some way. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and there were just a lot of funny tweets, you know, just linking NFL to Seinfeld. It, nice. It's sort of hard to explain. You have to read the tweets. Um, yeah, it was it was just a funny Peterman and yeah. Seinfeld link. That's it's, a, it's a very good Seinfeld meme. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. Okay, the final article. Actually, this is the second last. I've got six. Oh jeepers! Here okay, we go. so this is another list. We've, we've got a lot of content to get through this hour <laughs> for this thing. So yeah, so another <laughs> list. So Elite Sports New York they put together their t uh, top twenty five episodes uh, of Seinfeld of all time. Yeah. Um, unsurprisingly, you've got you know the contest, uh, the, the parking garage, the the limo, all the classics in there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And ordinarily, I wouldn't include something like this in Seinfeld news because lists are dime a dozen. But their top five, uh, kind of like last week's uh, episode where we talked about the top twenty-one quotes of all time. There are a few surprises in there. Yeah, so I'm including it. So yeah. their top five to one were the Hamptons. Great episode. Ah, number five. That's my number five. Hey, hey. There you go. You beauty. You're in line with Elite Sports New York. Well, I'm elite. <laughs> That's <I wish>. true. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, not. You're fine. I'm just common folk like you, plebs. Yep. The unwashed. Yeah. I'm part of it. The unwashed. The unwashed. I'm part of it. <laughs> I had a shower this morning. I smell <laughs> terrific. I smell very successful. <laughs> uh, number four was the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Number three was the subway. Number two, which you'll be happy to know, was the puffy shirt. Yeah, boy. And number one, being a sports uh, website, a sports news website, what do you think number one was? I'm going to say... You don't even have to know the name of the episode. But it's to do with sport. Yeah. It's got a very... Sp one of the characters is oh. sports-focused. Oh, man, George. No. It's, uh, it's a sports Oh, star. the boyfriend. Yep. Keith Hernandez. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I think they only picked that one because it's got such a, a well-known sports star in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, that's why I included it because I thought it was, um, yeah, 
pretty pretty uh, interesting. Well, it's a pretty good take, you know. Like obviously, lists can be quite subjective, but uh, yeah, you get you got a pretty good list right there. Yeah, that's you know that's their focus sports. So naturally, number one is going to be a, a sports episode with Keith and Enders. That's it. So the final article. This was written by uh, a writer named Michael Heater. He writes for Cleveland.com, which is sort of a pop culture website. So he sounds like a hot guy, he Mr. Does. Heater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's it. I'm done, ladies and gentlemen. Your jokes are garbage. That Ovaltine joke. This one. Roundtine. 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 So he uh, he talked. He wrote an article talking a bit about um, how Amazon acquired the TV rights for Lord of the Rings last week. Oh, and they're lovely! Gonna, they're going to turn it into a prequel series. One streaming service to rule them all. Basically, one company to rule them all. Amazon is slowly, you know, <laughs> Amazon and Google are slowly taking over the it's, world. It's becoming like the Amazon. Basically, so big and vast and. Bushy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the real Amazon is shrinking, so yeah, no, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of the reverse Amazon. It, it sure is, yes. <laughs> yeah. So he talked a lot about that and blah, 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 how it was really good. And then weirdly at the end, I don't even know how I found this article, he pitched, sort of comically pitched uh, a, a, a mashup of Seinfeld and Lord of the Rings right. to Amazon. Mm-hmm. As, as what their TV show should be for Lord of the Rings. Right. So how would that have panned out? Well, I'll read his little sort of pitch. Go for um, it. So Frodo and Sam are sitting in their cold, dark underground hovel, rubbing their hands over a small fire, complaining about the lack of uh, hobbit females to keep them company. <laughs> Just out of boredom, uh, Frodo tears a, piece of, uh, tears a piece off a loaf of bread, puts it on a stick and holds it over a fire. He shares it with Sam and both their eyes light up. They can't believe how good it is. What should we call it, asks Frodo. I don't know. How about toast, says Sam. Then Frodo (laughs) asks, do we have any cheese lying around? And then Sam says they have a hunk hunk of leftover Jarlsberg. Why would hobbits have Jarlsberg? No idea. Somewhere back in the kitchen, the two of them get busy. Before long, they're eating. <laughs> Get busy. I don't think. I don't think. Like, because aren't, aren't, aren't the rumors aren't the rumors are that Sam and Frodo are like lovers? Is that what they say? It's, it's kind like of kind of, of like a dumb, homoerotic undertone. It's one of it. those like dumb allegories that you could make. Like, it's like fan fiction. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, it's not even fan fiction. It's just like. <laughs> It's just super fans reading into it too much. Like yeah, you could, you yeah. could do that for any, any pick a movie with a strong male male relationship, true, and true. you could probably draw homoerotic <laughs> al- uh, allegories. It, yeah, it's it's rubbish. Hey, there might be fan fiction about Bimble Bask one day. <laughs> if you want to write some fan well, fiction, we are about we are kind of fan fiction in a way. So yeah, that we would are be fan fiction about fan fiction. That would just be too weird. One day, Stephen and Ivan were in the studio. <laughs> no, don't write anything, please. <laughs> you write whatever you want. <laughs> And, I mean, J.R. Tolkien was a staunch Christian, so I don't think he would have... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so it, it, it finishes up. The two of them get busy. I think they get busy putting the cheese on the toast. Oh, Not, that's what you were yeah, insinuating. F- yes. Yes. Yeah. Frodo and Sam don't fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to put it lightly. It's no Hobbit porn going on. No. And before long, they're eating uh, toasted cheese. A toasted cheese thingamabob. What should we call it, asked Frodo. I don't know. Toasted cheese, Sam replies. I think... They were trying to suggest that uh, it was going to be like sitting a show around about like, nothing. Yeah, just like yeah, you know, two hobbits sitting around talking about bullshit. Mm. Yeah, it was pretty dumb, but it was so weird and strange that I had yeah. to include it. Well, I'm glad I'm glad they killed it before it yeah. grew up. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't it. a serious pitch. It was just this guy's sort of like thoughts on paper. Yeah, and yeah, it was really really weird. Anyway, that's all the Seinfeld news this week. And we have plenty of content coming up. We're talking about today Jerry's Enemies for another episode of Bask. It is a What's the Deal with edition, so stay with us. We have plenty coming up. Hello folks, Matt McCoy here, aka Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld, and I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. Hey, Kramer! Hey, Vanya! What's happened? 
I'm looking for a new suit. I can't find anything I like. That's a nice suit. Well, thank you. Did you get that here? No. This is vintage. They don't make this stuff anymore. You're telling me. I sure am. It's hard for me to find pants that... Uh, don't make you look high-waisted? Yes. Me too. What size? Uh, 42. 42? That's what I am now. I've been working out, I'm huge. This week, folks, it's What's the Deal With? And this week, it's Jerry's Enemies. So, uh, people who've really made Jerry's life a little bit of hell or a lot of hell in uh, some cases. Yeah, and to start off this week's What's the Deal With? episode, we're going to talk about Kenny Banya. Kenny Banya, yes, Jerry's arch nemesis in the comedy world, I guess you'd say. I'd just say arch nemesis in life. In life, yeah, yeah. But it's funny because I'll talk about this in a minute, but... The relationship between Jerry and Banya is just really, like, especially on Jerry's end, it's really fiery. You know? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, we were talking about this on the drive to the studio. He's an asshole. Yeah, he's Kenny. an asshole. I mean, he's an asshole Kenny. anyway, but yeah. he's, he's he's unnecessarily mean towards yeah. Kenny. I mean, Kenny is annoying as fuck, but... He's a punisher. He's a pun- yeah, that's what you called him, a punisher, yeah. Yeah, he punishes you. He just nags and nags and nags and he wants your approval. He's, he's annoying as shit, but he doesn't deserve the shit that, that Seinfeld gives him. No, but we'll talk a, bit, a little bit about the actor who portrayed... Kenny, uh, Kenny sure. Banya. I'm sure he's a good bloke in real life. Uh, Steve Heitner, his name is. Uh, he's an American actor and producer. He's known for portraying or being in uh, Face Off, In the Line of Fire, and The Prophecy. Uh, he's appeared in six... <laughs> You're wondering, where was he in Face Off? Yeah. Are you thinking? Yep. Yeah. He was the, you remember he was the guy and he was like, hey guys, what are you doing? You changing no, your faces? Lots to deal with the Ovaltine. <laughs> that, that was him. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. just, Banya made like a cameo on Facebook. He just threw a few Banya lines yeah. in there. <laughs> no, he was Banya. Okay. No, I don't know. Yeah. No, um, Imagine Jerry and Banya swapping faces. <laughs> that's the only thought I had about that. Yeah, that'd yep. be really weird. Mm. <laughs> um, so Steve Heidner, he was in six episodes of Seinfeld as Banya. Uh, he also appeared in episodes of The X-Files, Roswell, CSI, and The King of Queens. Okay. Yeah, so that's all I had of him. <laughs> pretty basic. Mm. He's been in a few other acting roles and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much him. Uh, yeah, so Kenny Banya. A um, bit of a synopsis about Kim Banya. A fellow comedian who Jerry loathes, he looks up to Jerry, and he tries to frequently impress him with recommendations to numerous products and services. Uh, in the soup, he unconditionally gives Jerry an Armani suit, which he later asks Jerry to buy him dinner for. And we were talking about this in the car too. Isn't it a shit thing to do where you give someone like a product or something mm. and you say, oh, don't worry about it. And then they call the next day and they're like, oh, you know that thing I gave you? It would be nice if you did this for me or you bought this for me or... It's a bit shit, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit shit. I mean, the the difference in, you know, a situation where that would happen and this situation is Kramer kind of led him down the path of thinking that he should be taken out for dinner. Yeah. He kind of suggests it. It's not like Banner just changes his mind. No, no, no. no. Kramer does instigate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, still to just do that, like you don't give a gift and then like willingly give a gift and then sort of attach a condition to it after, after the fact. Yeah. You know, like... I think it'd be okay to privately think to yourself, oh, it would be nice if Jerry did some small thing for me to thank me. Yeah, and I'm sure you Jerry would have done something for him. Yeah, well, know. maybe well, not. probably not. Probably He's not. Dick, yeah. No, I mean, he reluctantly takes... I think he just takes the suit so yeah, he yeah. goes away yeah. at the and, diner. And I don't then, think he actually wants to take it. And then Banya takes it back. <laughs> oh, he wants it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he chases uh, the English, the English guy, guy, Elaine's the fr- boyfriend. The freeloader yeah. from England. Yeah. 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 I, no. like, <laughs> I like how Jerry sort of um, teases him. He's like, hey, Jerry, you won the suit yet? He's like, yeah, I wore it last night to bed. I slept in it. He's like, really? 
No. Yes, you did. Ah, that was funny. <laughs> you do a good banyo voice, actually. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm Jerry and Stephen's banyo. <laughs> That's a good comparison, actually. No. Hey, Ivan, you want an unwinding suit? <laughs> uh, no, thanks, Stephen. It's gold, Jerry. It's gold. Hey, you ordered soup again, Stephen. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Order a decent meal for once. <laughs> I ate a hot dog earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and an Armani suit, man. That's like a $2,000 suit. Pretty expensive. More. Yeah. Jesus. Unless it's a knockoff. Mm-hmm. Could be a knockoff. Well, maybe we'll talk I mean, about that in, in the notes. Yeah. I mean, he's a supporting comedian. I don't think he's earning a lot of money. Probably not. Probably or a knockoff. Could be, could be a, maybe a part hand-me-down from his father or something. That's true. Yeah. I reckon Kenny is naive and enough of a sucker to be sucked in by, like, someone who's selling knockoff suits yeah. to tell him it was uh, a legit, you know, a money suit. That's probably true, you know. Yeah. yeah he's he's probably a, I mean, a he's a bit, he's a lovely man, but he's very, he's very, well, he's... He's very naive. Yeah, he's very yeah, naive. Definitely. He's annoying, but he's got a lovely disposition. Yes. And anyway, for the dinner, he orders soup, but Jerry disagrees that this is a meal. A soup is not a meal. Mm. Uh, and in another episode, Jerry later becomes Banya's mentor to impress his girlfriend who relies on her mentor. Yeah. And, uh, they, yeah, they do the old joke that I said at the start, the Ovaltine joke. Why do they call it Ovaltine? The mug is round. The jar is round. <laughs> they should call it Roundteen. And uh, Banya loves the joke and says, that's gold, Jerry, gold. And that's another catchphrase of his. Uh, Banya's, I love that line. Yeah. Uh, Banya's reputation as a comedian improves. Uh, in he the, even gets his own NBC show. Yes, which I, I was going to say, in the butter shave, he's added to Jerry's NBC showcase, mm. much to Jerry's dismay. Mm. And he gets with one of Jerry's previous girlfriends, uh, Jenna from the pothole, you know, the one with the toothbrush yeah. drops yep. in the toilet, from the, yep. played by Kristen Davis. Yeah, don't worry, Kenny. Compared to you, Jerry's, what is it? Compared to Jerry, you're a breeze or something. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> and he's also in the finale part too, and he attends the uh, trial. Yeah. Yeah, in the yeah. background, yes, yep. in the audience. Yeah. Yes, so that's uh, Kenny Banya, a bit of a background about him. So yeah, we were saying before, like, he's a bit naive, and he. it's funny because he looks up to Jerry. And he thinks Jerry's like the bee's knees. Yeah, but he he mm. he just he desperately wants validation from Jerry. Yeah, and not just as a comedian, which mm. I understand. Like, I think, you know, if you look up to someone professionally, yeah. and you want to emulate them, it's fine to have a have a mentor, but it's got to be a two way street. Yeah, you know, like like Banya admiring Jerry is fine, but sucking up to him mm. and trying to get his validation when it's really painfully obvious to anyone. Yeah. Except Banya, who seems to be in massive denial, yeah, that Jerry doesn't want to, doesn't respect him, doesn't like him, yeah. and reluctantly even interacts with him. Well, here's a twist for you, Stephen. Mm. What if Banya is a bit smarter than we think? What if because Banya's like an upcoming comedian, Jerry's virtually established, basically, yeah, you know, in the comedy world, in the, in the fictional Seinfeld universe, yeah. What if Banya's using Jerry for leverage to try and climb up the ranks? But if he was using him, would he? Like, I mean, trying was, to befriend him. So he can become in his, you know, in Jerry's good books, but Jerry hates him so much that but, he doesn't give a shit. But if he was smart enough mm. to to manipulate Jerry like that, he would also be smart enough to perceive that Jerry just does not want to. No, does not want to be his friend. That's true. You know, and he doesn't try any different tactics to try and get in his good book. He just reluctantly. Uh, sorry, uh, what's the word? I can't think of the word. But he just punishes. Him I get you. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah, if he was yeah. that smart. Okay. okay. I don't think I. I just think he's a puppy. Yeah. One. One other thing I noticed as well is you know with Jerry how he meets characters he doesn't really like too much. Mm. He's very passive aggressive to them. Mm. I found when I watched the episode the soup, he's really aggressive to Banya. 
you know, like for example, Banya says, "Oh, you know, because he says I'm size forty, I'm huge." You yep. know what I mean? In like one scene, yeah. And then they have. I wasn't forty. Now I'm a forty-two. Now I'm forty-two. Huge. I'm huge. Yeah. And then at dinner, he goes, "Oh, I, I, you know how I get this, Jerry? Yeah. You know, I do, I do ten bicep curls." Yeah. He curls. details his workout routine. Yeah. And then he goes, "You should try it sometime or something like that." Jerry and just goes, "Why?" Yeah. And then like I love the look on Banya's face where he can't answer it. Yeah. It's kind of like lost in limbo. He's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 mm. His face is wide open. His mouth's wide open. Like, yeah. uh, how yeah. do I answer this? Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, he certainly seeks validation, doesn't he? Oh, for sure. That's oh. his. That's his. That's his goal. Which made me think. I think he was highly, like, massively neglected as a child. Okay. I yeah, yeah. I don't think he got. I mean, that's a bit of a cliche to say that anyone, any adult who desperately seeks approval from others was pro- probably didn't get it as a kid and he probably watched Johnny Carson on TV or something and he saw comedians yeah. and he thought oh, I want to be just like them Yeah, I, th- I reckon he was bullied at school yeah I think he was bullied I reckon he was an only child Yeah, and yeah. even as an only child I think his parents would have well actually now that I think about it more I think he was the youngest child of many okay. and he probably oh, just okay. you know he probably just didn't get much attention like the classic youngest child syndrome who gets oh. the least attention <laughs> one of like nine kids maybe yeah yeah, yeah. And you know, he no, that's w- the baby boomer generation. I yeah, guess. yeah, that would have been about thirty something in the nineties, uh, like maybe mid thirties. Who? Uh, baby boomers. Oh um, no, was Jerry a baby boomer? He's like 62, 63. That's not quite baby boomers. Oh uh, yeah, no, he's a baby boomer. Yeah, yeah oh, he's sure. the Banya same age as my parents. Age. Yeah, he's oh, mid sixties. You think Banya would be would have been maybe mid thirties? Yeah, the time? I reckon around the same, same age. age. Yeah, yeah, thirty give or take. Steve Highland, he'd probably be. Yeah, yeah. Probably oh, Steve Heitner. He'd probably be. Uh, well, he was born 60s. in 1959, so oh, that right. would make him 58. 58. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so a Maybe few a years younger than Jerry. Yeah, but yeah, definitely part of that generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just, I think he he would have watched stand-up comedy. Yeah, and he would have seen the applause <laughs> and the validation and the respect that comedians get from from an audience. Yeah, and that was like a a, a revelation. Like I want to do that. And I need to, even though he's a he's a garbage comedian, he's terrible. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's awful. Yeah, but he is just so, and he's so deluded in his own sort of worldview, or his own sort of perspective on life, that no matter how many times he's told he sucks, <laughs> he he just won't give up. Like he's just that's just that constant nagging. I need validation. I need valid. I don't know. I just think he's a yeah. Bit, he, a he's bit always deluded. seeking, and, and he's he's trying to get the attention that he didn't get in childhood. Yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. 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 And fair point. Uh, yeah. I just don't think he probably would have ever had. I just think he would have been socially awkward, like you said, gotten bullied. Yeah. Maybe not definitely. had much luck with the ladies. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, and comedy is his sort of way of seeking validation, even though he's crap. And then he's on the same lineup as Jerry, and he gets one of Jerry's girls. So that's yeah. not a bad effort. No, it pays off. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he's persistent. I, I'm not going to deny him that uh, his persistence he's pays persistent, off. persistent, yes. Unlike yeah. another character we're going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've got down here as well. He he seems to be pretty dumb. He's very yeah. easily confused. Like yeah. when Jerry goes, why? And he's just like, well, I don't have a yeah, good I reason. Don't like a, he's definitely like a deer in the headlights, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Very he's, wide-eyed. He's easily yeah. befuddled. Yeah, befuddled, yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. But I can tell you, I really like Banya. I like his character. Yeah, I like his character. Yeah. But if he was someone who was real in my life, I wouldn't be mean to him because he's not a mean... I, I only think mean people deserve... Like meanness back to malice, them. malice yeah, back yeah, to yeah. them. He's yeah. not a he's not a malicious person. No, he's not. No. He's a very kind-hearted man. He's just he's like a child, you know, a child seeking approval from a parent. That's yeah. what he reminds me yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just do whatever I could to avoid him. Hey, Stephen, you want to do a podcast about yeah. Seinfeld? <laughs> it's gonna no. be about the secondary characters. <laughs> It's exactly how it happened. Hey, this is all. I've just been doing this reluctantly for nine months, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, it's just been an absolute, absolute. 
hey, Jerry. torturous time. Hey, Stephen, can I have another bowl of soup? <laughs> <laughs> hey, where's your Ovaltine? Speaking of soup, he's got some weird rules around food. He's very like, you know, like what, what, you know, what is a meal, what's not a meal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, he's got some weird complexes and sort of almost OCD tendencies about what is food and but, what is a, mm. not what is food, but what yeah. is a meal and like categorizations of food. But I'd have to say like upon some debate we had before, I don't think soup overall is a meal. Like I was under the impression like if the soup is kind of pureed enough and thick enough with some ingredients in it, it might count or you got like a piece of bread. You know, it might count, but uh, no, soup overall, I guess we came to a consensus that soup isn't quite a meal, is it? No, not, not, it's, I think we sort of loosely concluded that if, uh, it, yeah, if it's clear, it's not a, it's not, not a meal. No. Not a meal by Banya <laughs> standards. Clear, Technically it is a meal. A meal. Yeah. If you sit down and eat yeah. any food, yeah. regardless of what it is, it's techn- by definition it's a meal. I had a but, packet but, of chips for dinner and a cookie, so... I mean, is that's, that a meal? Well, it's not a it's not a healthy meal, but no. it's technically a meal. No, you what? ate food at dinner, so oh, I guess I had something. Yeah, yeah. But by but by, by Banya's definition, a clear if we were going, you know, if that was the the yardstick, you know, clear soup is consommé is not a meal. No, oh no, consommé is just it's like, just it's just stock. It's stock, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah pretty you know, much. It's a fancier form of stock, pretty much. Yeah, and we were discussing, you know, semantically, does. Is soup defined by what you can see, or by what you can taste, by what's mm. in it, by the quantity of ingredients? Like, I don't know. Well, we mentioned that in our very first episode, The Soup Nazi, and I said, I said something along the lines of soup is very intimate food. It is. You know, you kind of enjoy the soup and you, mm. you take bits as you go along. Mm. So, uh, I don't know if it constitutes a meal, though. Well, not a meal. Not a, not the meal that Banya is expecting. No. Like he said, he wants to be taken to a nice restaurant. Like Mendy's. Like Mendy's. <laughs> Even Jerry says, order whatever the hell you want on the menu. Yeah. I don't care. I like how Jerry <laughs> is looking for any reason to call whatever Banya's eating a meal. Yeah. And he's like, I'll have uh, soup and tuna on toast. He's like, that's your meal. That's you your know, meal. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, soup and sandwich. And that's that's a, meal. a meal. That's not a meal. You know, I want to be taken to a nice restaurant like Mendy's. Like Mendy's. <laughs> he has this thing about Mendy's. I know. He loves Mendy's. He loves it. They yeah. got the best side fish in the city, Jerry. The, the best. best. I'll have the salmon. Yeah, he's like, I'll have the salmon. <laughs> just to defy him. Yeah, just to in line him. with Yeah, like, in line with you, that. Like, yeah, exactly. Know, I'll have the salmon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll, if, I'll he, if he was recommending the salmon, he would have ordered the swordfish. Yeah, Just whatever the other fish is on the menu. Whatever the... Just the opposite of that. Exactly. Definitely. Did you have anything else about Banya? No, that was it about Banya. Who's yeah. up next, Steve? Uh, I think we should talk about Mabel Cho, the right oh, lady. Mabel, yes. Played by the late, and I've got the name here. I have Frances name. Bay. Frances Bay, yes. Prolific character actress who passed away in 2011. Mm. Uh, she frequently portrayed eccentric elderly women and good-hearted grandmothers in several films and TV shows, including Happy Gilmore. That's probably her most famous <laughs> role. <laughs> and you were talking about Ben Stiller's character last week. <laughs> He's such a dick. Oh, he's more than a dick. He's, he's a fucking <laughs> yeah, horrible person. Yeah, you will go to sleep or I'll put you to sleep. <laughs> You're in my world now, Grandma. Oh, dear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love her reaction. Yeah. So innocent. It's like, oh, dear. Uh, I'm like, my hands hurt from the stitching. Oh, really? Your hands hurt. Yeah. Well, now your back's hurting because you just pulled landscaping duty. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Lands- for like an 80-year-old <laughs> landscaping <Yeah>. duty. <laughs> nice. She was also in uh, Blue Velvet and The Karate Kid. She was in a minor role. She oh. played a uh, lady with a dog, I think. Okay. Um, she appeared in three episodes of Seinfeld as Mabel or Mrs. Choate, credited as Mabel in The Rye and then the Choate in The Cadillac in the finale. I think most people would just know her as the Rye Lady. Or the Rye Lady, yeah. She's yeah. also known as the Rye Lady. Yeah, or the lady that Jerry stole a marble rye from. Yeah, so Jerry tries to buy her recently purchased loaf of marble rye because uh, that was the last one at Schnitzer's. 
Uh, that was to replace the one George's parents stole from Susan's parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're trying to get a replacement. Uh, Jerry ends up stealing the rye off her and runs off. Yeah, give it to me, you old bag. Yo. Shut up, you Shut old, up, your bag. old bag. I love Jerry's face as he's running away. Yeah, it's just like, uh. But isn't that very unusual for Jerry to steal a loaf of bread from an old woman? That's a bit low for him, isn't it? Yeah. Would you say that's like his low point? Um, in his, his loaf of rye point? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say so. Oh, dear. Yeah, I think she was a bit riled up um, from, <laughs> from being mugged. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think, you know... It, yeah, like thieving bread from old ladies just wasn't bred into him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this has been a very crusty show so far. Oy. <laughs> um, Oy. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it was a bit of out of character. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, very out of character. Yeah, for I, a I lady, def- though. yeah, I feel sorry for her. You know, I, an old lady yeah. getting mugged on the. And like, she's not even from New York. She was and just visiting. I, I love the poetic justice in the whole thing when in the Cadillac it's revealed she's actually a resident of Del Boca Vista. Yeah. And she decides the vote as to whether Morty gets impeached or not. Yeah. And then Jack Clompus calls her an old bag under his breath, and, and then that, that triggers, triggers the memory, memory of yeah. the rye. And she goes, That's your son. Your son stole my rye. What? My, my Jerry. What is it? My son's never stolen a thing. My, my son's, son's a, a good, good boy. boy. And then the guy at the cigar goes, should be locked up. <laughs> that guy's so agreeable. Yeah, I know. He <laughs> should be locked up. I've changed my votes. I'm against. I'm for impeachment. She also appears in the finale as well. She does. She becomes a controversial character witness because uh, Jackie Charles is like, she wasn't involved in any situation or something like that. Or she wasn't, I don't know, some something from, from memory. Mm. And uh, yeah, then they're like, oh no, we can, um, the judge... Judge Vandalay is like, no, we can use her. That's fine. Okay. And then she tells the story of being having the rye stolen. Yeah. Would you say that uh, Jerry mugging a rye from an old lady because she wouldn't sell it to him? Yeah. Because of his friend's $50. really stupid plan. I'll give you fifty dollars for a six dollar loaf. Do you think that's one of his lowest, if not his lowest moment? I've in asked terms you that. Of, I said, is that his low point? Do you did you did you ask that? I asked Sorry, you, I was yeah, in my yeah. world. Um, and you said, yeah, kind from, of. Yeah. From unless I rewatched every single episode and noted it down mm-hmm. and compared them from memory, off the top of my head, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, and he, he's never done that to someone. Before. No, I mean, especially he, a poor old lady. No, that's right. Like he he does lots of things that are careless. Yeah, yeah. You know, and sometimes deliberately mean. You know, to Banya, we were just talking about him, but, but nothing but, really criminal. But like he never. That. Yeah, that's he a never, criminal act. I know, and not not just the fact that he's like the the Ryan of itself in and of itself is you know, inconsequential. It's the fact that he mugged an old lady on the streets of New York at night. She and would be terrified. And he does it for George. No. Like, who cares? Know. <laughs> you know? Who cares about Susan's parents while they think? Yeah. Like, they ain't going to afford another ride. Yeah, exactly. Jesus, she, they won't notice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, <laughs> it was, an, it was an odd escalation. Yeah, like, it it's hilarious. Was. Yeah, it's funny. You know, and it's, it's one of the classic sort of you know, I'd say most iconic scenes in the whole series. Exactly. But, but I love... But, just, yeah. but it's just so... Yeah, yeah, it's just such an extreme escalation. I love how she gets her come up, and it's not once, but twice. Yeah. Once against Morty, and then the other time against Jerry in the core four. Yeah, in the definitely. I think the crime definitely Paid. fit, yeah, fit. punishment. It sure did, you yeah. Know, not yeah. just for him stealing a ride, but for everything else. But yeah. I... Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else about her? Uh, no, I think for her, she's just a... You know, she probably came from, like, another city, moved to Florida, much mm. like Jerry's parents. Yeah. I think she's widowed. I was going to say that. Yeah. Very influential. Obviously, she's part of the committee yep. in that phase of Del Boca Vista. So, yep. we talked last week, we did the pen, and we talked about Del Boca Vista and how it's like a mm. you know, messenger's... You know, it's full of, like, gossipers and yeah. influential Evelyn, people. Evelyn was the queen gossip. You know, a bit and of corruption, a little, a little bit of... Bees. yeah. A little, like, brown paper bag-esque yeah. kind of behaviour. Under the table. Under the table. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, so I think she's influential. She's probably part of Doris's 
Raven. Evelyn's. Oh, Evelyn's crew. Yeah, yeah Doris yeah. is um, Jack's wife. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Evelyn is the queen gossip. She probably paid off someone with an apple pie saying, put me in the committee. Probably. You know? Maybe that's what the ride was for. Maybe it was a bribe. Oh, maybe. Mm. But she was in New York. Why would she buy a ride if she lives in Florida? I don't know. Maybe like distant political connections. <laughs> maybe. You know, Evelyn, Evelyn's, maybe it's like the New York branch. Like, yeah, <laughs> Evelyn's got to like pay off you know, someone in another city. It's the New York chapter. Yeah, exactly. Of Dr. Yeah. It's an, inter, it's an interconnected it's crime family. It's like an international syndicate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that makes Instead sense. Instead of like paying each other with, I don't know, caps and money and drugs, they pay each other with loaves of bread. Yeah. And space pens. Space pens. <laughs> Take the pen. Take the pen. Take the pen. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for such a well-known character, she's only in it for shit, what, three scenes? Yeah, probably. Five minutes yeah. in total? Yeah. Maybe bad, yeah. five or seven minutes? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so there's not a lot to talk to her, like talk about her, but but she's pivotal in two plots. Yeah, yeah, the Cadillac yeah. and the finale. She's actually really pivotal. Yeah, definitely her, yeah, an yeah. important character. Definitely, but just not in it for that long. And I love when Jerry meets meets her and says, "This is Mrs." Like Jamotti goes, or Helen goes, "This is Mrs. Choate." Yeah, he remembers who she is. I think. Yeah, she does. Uh, he does. He does, but she doesn't remember him. Yeah, I think she she is. She, she's trying, she says like something she's like, like she's oh, trying you, to you seem familiar yeah, or something, yeah, something like, that. like that. And then he's like, oh, yeah. 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 yeah I yeah. think he remembers. I think like, he oh. spends the episode trying to avoid her. Yeah, that's right. That's it. And then, uh, and then when, Jack Clumper says, Jack old bag. says yeah, I can't believe you got that old bag smoke. Yeah, old bag. It triggers. Yeah, yeah the words old bag. It triggers. Yeah. You know, because Jerry's like, shut, shut up, up your old bag, and runs away. Help, help. I've been mugged. Yeah. 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 That's all I had about her. Yeah. Cool. Did you have anything else? No, nah, that was it. Should we do one more character and then go for a quick break? Sounds good. Yep. So the next one we'll talk about is Crazy Joe Devolver. Holy shit. Isn't yeah. he a nut? Yeah. So I think he is the, you know, he's he's probably the most crazy and the most, uh, uh, what's the word? I can't. Demented. Demented. Yeah. yeah. That's, probably, that's probably the best way to put it. He's um, definitely uh, Jerry's worst enemy, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he didn't Kramer's get invited enemy. to Kramer's party. No, and he kicks him when he's got a bicycle helmet on. Yeah, kicks him. Yeah, right, and he right beats the, the shit out of those three people in the park as well. He does. Yeah, he's a nut. He is. <laughs> Crazy in the coconut. That's right. So, Joe Davola was played by Peter B. Crombie. He was played born. really well. Yeah. No, he's awesome. Yeah. He does that real dead eye look so well where. You know, he's just sort of staring at Jerry. Yeah. And Jerry's just really awkward. You know when he runs into him in the studio when they're yeah. about to make their pitch? Yeah, I think it's yeah, in the yeah. pitch. Yeah, in, no, no, it's in, it in the uh, pitch. No, or? not the pitch. It's in the uh, the pilot. The pilot, it's that's the right. It's the season four finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, yeah, yeah. Just he just does that deadpan, emotionless, and then, hollow And then looks. he runs at them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from the stage. That's uh, it. From, 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 I mean, from the bleachers, whatever you call them. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't get any notes about Peter Crombie, the actor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Crazy Joe Davola. Apparently, he's based on Larry David's longtime friend and TV producer. His name's Joe Davola as well. Holy shit. He's got weird friends, Larry, doesn't I he? I know. Yeah. Far out. I mean, he's pretty eccentric, so I guess yeah. it makes sense that his friends are going to be pretty pretty crazy. True. I'm hoping that he's not uh, as, as sort of psycho as Joe Davola is, Crazy Joe Davola, but <laughs> I'm sure he's a bit bit left of centre. Yeah, you, you think. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing about Joe Davola, he's obviously, uh, it, I would say, extremely mentally ill. You know, oh, he's, definitely. You know, he's 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 on medication, and even when his psychiatrist, you know, when Elaine and him are in, mm. or her are in London or Paris or whatever, he yep. goes, "Oh, I forgot to take his medication." Yeah. Did he take his medication? Yeah, he's very concerned. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely one of his more high maintenance patients, isn't For he? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he expresses himself always through aggression, intimidation. He always wants to be in control. Yeah. Of any situation. Mm. 
Um, he and he sort of uh, sharpens that focus by working out. You know, he's awesome at martial arts. Oh yeah, he lifts weights when he's dressed as Polly Archie oh, yeah. when he's crying. <laughs> That's right. Do you remember the scene where um, he's dressed as the clown? Yeah, yeah and he yeah, comes yeah. out. I think he's just finished up um, the show for the night, and he's yeah. dressed as Polly Archie. He's got like full makeup. That's on, right. Yeah, and yeah, Kramer's yeah. like by the backstage area, and he comes out and he starts talking to Kramer, and then Kramer slowly realizes who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a lot about Joe Tavola, but do you have anything? My favourite part of with him in it was when Elaine doesn't know he's a psycho, and then they go yeah. back to his place, and he's got all the pictures of Elaine. Ah, Holy yeah. Holy fuck, Elaine made it out. I know. Holy shit. She handles that, that pretty well. That was pretty dark. Yeah. Like, Tavola could have, like, done anything to her. Yeah. It's like, fuck. Yeah, I mean, Elaine that's, that that's one been, like, step away last... from physical or sexual assault. This could have been, like, her last moments in life. I know. Fuck. I know. Imagine if he got, her ha- got his hands on her. I like how... <laughs> out. I think my favourite Joe Duvall... Doesn't, doesn't, he, doesn't he spray him? Mace spray, or...? No, I don't think so. Doesn't she use a spray or something? To Not in that episode. I thought she did use something to, like, deter oh, him. Maybe. You know? Or maybe... Not was in that scene, though. I don't oh, think. I thought or she maybe used she something does. to spray him in the face. I can't remember. Yeah, I thought so. We'll have to check and up on that. And then he's kind of... And he's, like, disorientated for a bit. He's like, ah, and then she runs out. Okay. Yeah. Well, why don't we check that on our break and we'll, we'll confirm that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But my favourite Joe Duvall line is when um, when he catches Elaine in his apartment and she turns around and she's trying to like play it cool when she yeah. realises that all the pictures are on the wall. Yeah, that's right. She's like, oh, your door was open, so I just came in. You know, you just leave your door open? And he's like, yeah, I like to encourage intruders. She's like, ha, 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 laughing nervously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's totally serious. He's serious, yeah. He I wants people to come in so he can beat the shit out of them. Shit out. He has an excuse. Yeah. I, I loved I loved in the pitch uh, when Jerry and George are waiting in the waiting room and they see Davola. Yeah. And he goes, oh, so did you get invited to Kramer's party? Krem's having, having a party, and he sort of puts his hand on his head. And like he has like that a, twitch. Like a conniption. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, fuck. And yeah. then Jerry's like, like no, 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 it's not, he's not having a party. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and Jerry's like, what have I done? I've opened a Pandora's box. <laughs> yeah. And then he kicks Kramer in the fucking head. Yeah. Jesus Luckily Christ. he was wearing a motorbike helmet. He would have killed him. I know. Yeah. With a kick like that. I mean, he kicks him so hard, he puts a dent in a motorbike helmet. Especially because he's so proficient in martial arts, yeah. like you mentioned. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, definitely a lot of mental issues, that guy. Uh, For sure. Yeah, did, doesn't take his medication. Mm. Needs a lot of help. Total psycho. What do you think happened to him after the pitch? Do you reckon he got caught and got sent off to the uh, asylum? Or? Yeah, I reckon he would have been institutionalised. institutionalised with Lloyd Braun. Him and Lloyd Braun were mates. Yeah, probably. They probably crossed paths. <laughs> crossed paths at some point. That's why Lloyd Braun went a bit crazy. Yeah. I reckon he, he, yeah, I reckon he would have, um, you know, run into some Joe Devola problems. Yeah, probably. You know, he... Pr- he Lloyd Braun is probably one of his enemies and he doesn't even know what he's done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Joe Davola blames Jerry for having a hair caught in his mouth. when he. Do you remember the... I can't remember what episode, but there's a scene where Joe is leaving a message on Jerry's machine. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he's like something... You know, he's like... He's sort of uh, threatening him. He's like, I'm going to do this or do that. And he's like, I've got a hair stuck in my mouth and it's all your fault, yeah, Jerry. Yeah, I just blamed him for yeah, everything. Yeah, for every, everything. Like, it's everyone is... Every, everything is everyone else's fault. And Kramer sh- clearly shit scared of him. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah, for sure. He tried <laughs> yeah. to kill him. Yeah, I know. Like, a kick in the head that hard would fucking like, kill you. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, yeah. He's got every reason to be afraid of him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, that's all I had about him. Yeah, I reckon when we come back, uh, we'll have a little break. We'll talk about the two more characters. Sally Weaver, played by Kathy Griffin, and the main man... Tim Motley, played by the great Brian Cranston. Yep. We'll be back. This is But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. What's the deal with Jerry's enemies? God, it's Joe Duvall. Who? This guy's a writer. He's a total nut. I think he goes to the same shrink as Elaine. (laughs) Oh, God, he saw me. Hello, Jerry. Hey, Joe. How you doing? 
Oh, you're under no obligation to shake my hand. Oh, no, just a custom. That's uh, my friend George. You look good. Why shouldn't I look good? Oh, no reason. You do the karate, right? Hey, you want to hit me? What are you doing here? Drop the script off. Oh, good for you. And you're back on, but I don't want to be a secondary character. A Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of the show. And so far uh, today, we're talking about uh, Jerry's enemies. Jerry's enemies. It's our seventh ever. What's the deal with episode? That's right. I haven't done this in a while. You remember we used to do this in the early episodes. I don't want to be a secondary character. Yeah, there's a reason why we don't do it anymore. Yeah, I know. Jeez, so we've grown up since then, haven't we? We have. We've matured. We've matured. We've evolved. Yes. So, so far, uh, out of Jerry's Enemies, we've talked about Kenny Banya, uh, Joe Tavola, and Mabel Choate, a.k.a. the Rye Lady. That's it. And we're going to finish off today's episode by talking about Sally Weaver and also Tim Watley. So, yeah. Let's do it. So, before I get into Sally Weaver, her character... <laughs> Before you say anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to say something. Let's talk about Kathy Griffin. She's been in the news a lot this year. She has. So, Kathy Griffin, an American actress, comedian, writer, and producer known for her Emmy Award winning reality TV show, Kathy Griffin, My Life on the D List. Uh, she also appeared in 93 episodes of 90s sitcom Suddenly Susan, and that's one I think we suddenly forgot about <laughs> when mm. it got cancelled. It was uh, pretty awful. And you know, she played herself in Pulp Fiction. In Pulp Fiction? Yeah. What? Where? Yeah, um, I, I I forgot, but I read when I did research on her. It's like she played herself. Huh. Pulp Fiction. Check it out. Google okay. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I believe you. I'm just trying to recall because yeah, I've I, seen I, the movie so many times. I don't remember either. But uh, yeah, no. It must be su- such a quick appearance. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Hmm. I have to go back and have a look at it. Yeah. Okay. I, I read that. and I was like, I don't remember her in it either. Yeah. But she's credited as herself. Huh. Kathy Griffin's been in the news. Uh, she was in the news at the start of the year, or was it mid mid this year or whatever? Yeah, so I actually talked to her a bit uh, a bit about her in Seinfeld news earlier in the year. I think it was a really early season one episode of the pod. Um, she got in a bit of trouble. She caused a bit of controversy Yeah, because she posed for a photo uh, and she was holding up a severed bloody head of a person that was, you know, obviously Donald Trump. Yeah, that's right, the US president. And uh, she issued her second ever apology in her career because she usually has like a no-holds-barred policy. With, okay. with her work like it doesn't matter who she offends yeah but she's only ever issued two apologies in her career and that was her second and CNN fired her because she was meant to be part of their New Year's Eve telecast yeah I remember she was on a tour or she was just about to start a tour yeah. at the time the photo was released yeah yeah and it was cancelled you know half the like all the venues pulled yeah. out all the promoters I can pulled under, out was, I can understand I mean like a sitting president yeah you, know, you should, probably shouldn't do that no I <laughs> yeah I mean rough. yeah it's, I mean we'll have our opinions about Trump but you know yeah 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 I get what you mean. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, regardless of her personal opinion, it might not have been... I I don't disagree with her uh, intention to express her opinion, yeah. but maybe just not the smartest way to do it. Not violent like that. No. That's a bit rough. Yeah. A bit harsh. So, yeah, I mean, and it was related to Seinfeld back yep. when it happened because Jerry actually tweeted out his support. Yeah, that's right. And same with Alec Baldwin as well. That's correct, yes. Yeah. So, uh, I believe you have some interesting news about... Um, or some interesting information. About Kathy Griffin's yeah, time on yeah. Seinfeld. So what happened was she first appeared in The Doll, mm-hmm. um, Sally Weaver. So just uh, about The Doll, she indirectly ruins Jerry's comedy bit twice in that episode, right? So Jerry has like a comedy bit, yeah, but then she kind of like, I think she heckles him or does something stupid twice and fucks up his set. Yeah. yeah. Funny story about that. So Kathy Griffin in 1996, she did a HBO comedy half hour. She had a slot. And she recounted her experience in the episode, The Doll. Uh, she claimed that Jerry was rude to her. 
okay. on set. So this was in 1996. Okay. So then what happened was, so you'd think Jerry would have said, oh, that's not true or blah, blah, blah. He actually took it really well. He responded humorously to the claim. He congratulated her for it and sent her a letter saying congratulations for saying it. Huh. He was very humorous about it. Yeah. And because of this, she returned as Sally Weaver in the cartoon. Okay. Uh, she, and and the plot, basically, in that episode is she uses her comedy career to berate Jerry yeah. in uh, in live shows, mm. and they become successful, and she gets her own cable show. The episode where um, Jerry's getting heckled, isn't that Kramer's girlfriend yeah, who that's looks enough. a lot like yeah, her? No, no, that's, no, not, no. that's not Sully Weaver, is it? No, no, that's no, someone no. else. Yeah. Oh, you're great. Yeah. No, you're and great. she's like, boo, boo, yeah, yeah, no, hiss. No. And he's like, no, there's no booing. No, there's no hissing. Different episode. No, right, no, no. Right, no. Right, there's right. someone else. No, no. But Kathy Griffin was in The Doll. That's yeah. the one where right, George's mum looks like yeah. The Doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Susan Owens. No, no. But with that one, Kathy Griffin claimed that Jerry was a dick to her. And then Jerry took it humorously and said, you want to come back for another episode? Huh. And then we'll use basically because that, that the plot for the cartoon inspi- was inspired by her comedy Half Hour. Where huh. She kind of braided Jerry for being a dick. Okay. Yeah, because in that episode, she calls Jerry the devil and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then That's she pretty had, cool. And then Newman attends. She goes, I've seen your show. What's his show called? Jerry Seinfeld is the devil. Something like, like that, yeah. I think Newman's seen the and show Newman, six times love, or eight I, times or something. I love the part where he goes, Newman goes up to her in the coffee shop and goes, oh, Oh, you're Sally Weaver. Oh, I just love your work. I've been seeing you six times. And then Jerry's like, yeah, of course you have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like Sally Weaver. Yeah, she was Susan's housemate, uh, roommate as well. In, in college, college, yeah. Yes, that's right. And apparently she was, uh, before she moved to New York to try and make it as an actress and a comedian, she was a, an executive at Federal Express. Yeah, that's right. Much to Jerry's chagrin when, um, <laughs> when she asks him to cart back the uh the 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 box, the box of, yeah. what's in the box I can't remember oh no it said barbecue sauce no, no that's no, in the no, bag that, oh, that's and that gets bag. smashed by the stewardess that's right because he's holding the gift I love how Kramer's trying to like taste it he's like <laughs> what are you talking about like what are you crazy <laughs> yeah 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 that's it yeah. Uh, what's I can't remember what's in the box but um Jerry asks her to bring up another box of barbecue sauce yeah and yeah. she just and turns it's, up and with it's the, the box. wrong one yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and she's just like no no it's fine because this one's a lot better like yeah. people in people in Tennessee like this one more they don't like this other one oh no no it's a the barbecue sauce is a bottle that looks like the host of the yeah, TV the, the, show the TV show that's right yeah. and he was going to use that as his bit yeah so that she was his whole joke his yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's right and then he and then he decides to use the doll as a replacement that's right yeah for the, yeah. for the bit yeah that's yeah, yeah. it that's it yeah that's the doll yeah. yeah and in the cartoon yeah she really gets her, uh, her, her just he gets his just desserts because he basically he basically says to Kramer she should stop pursuing acting and then Kramer just says to his to why, don't, face, you why don't you just give up <laughs> and then she's like what Jerry yeah, that's what Jerry thinks you stink you stink that's what Jerry says <laughs> yeah. and just like, and Jerry's just like oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good so good yeah 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 so um yeah no pretty funny pretty funny I Sally Weaver, you know, she... I don't know. I mean, her plot was funny in the cartoon. Mm. I guess it was, like, the main plot. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. I just... I don't know. I, I, what can you say? Yeah, not a lot. I mean... She, she acts like Kathy Griffin in real life. Yeah. I think she actually talks. Yeah. She actually talks like this. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, yeah, she's really quite frantic funny. and yeah, energetic. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, how she talks. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think she, she probably realised... She probably took Kramer's advice or recommendations that she should quit to heart... And she probably knew it deep down that maybe she wasn't going to make it as an actress or a yeah. comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of trying to like work on her craft or find her own sort of sense of humor, I think she just took an easy road and just targeted Jerry. Targeted Jerry, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was personal as well because, you know, that was it was sort of related to her. It really got personal later on in yeah, her shows, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, Jesus. yeah, yeah. But I just think that that's a, that's a cheap 
sort of route to take yeah. just to just like your whole shtick is just attacking someone it's not it's not very intelligent I love when Jerry goes that's it I'm pulling out the big guns and in the next scene she's like I've got a cease and desist order from Jerry Seinfeld's lawyers I got two words for you Jerry fuck you <laughs> yeah. but it's like beeped doesn't out doesn't it cut yeah, or yeah, does yeah. it beep no it's like beep Beep. Okay, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. remember like that bit. Beep. It's like beep, 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 yeah. you. And then Jerry's like, oh. <laughs> and even Kramer, because he has that vow of silence, he's mm. just like, whoa. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I like her. Oh, you like her? Character. Yeah. No, she's all right. Yeah, but yeah. she's not in it for, for, for too long. Only so. two episodes. Well, no. One and a half, I guess you'd say. That's it. I think she's the least prominent secondary character that we've talked about. Yeah. Or at least uh, the, the, the least important. Yeah. Definitely. In terms of storyline and plot development. And especially after the cartoon, it's, she doesn't come back. Yeah. So she doesn't really have any There's no sway. closure. Or, no, she's, yeah. not, she's not in the finale or anything. No. So, you know, no. No closure for her. No. Did you have anything else about her? Well, with her show, do you think it would have fizzled out eventually? Yeah, I think it would have lost its edge. Yeah. you know, And like then I don't it, think she would have come back from it. I reckon that would have been it. No, that would I have been like her peak and then that's it. Yeah, I mean, most entertainers to keep an audience interested, especially if you're doing something as... Uh, like niche as really sort of vitriolic personal comedy about one person that's your yeah. whole act yeah to to keep the audience interested and to keep your profile sort of increasing yeah you sort of have to get more extreme you have to so I think she would have to get more like more mean more extreme more targeted more or, or maybe she did for like a like a subsequent tour but yeah. then everyone's like no nah, this sucks yeah I think, I think she would I think yeah I think she know. would have isolated too many potential yeah alienated a lot of fans exactly yeah definitely yeah well Newman would have still gone no yeah he, like, would, oh, he would have followed her, a yeah. he would have followed her around the country oh yeah definitely yeah I reckon he would Super have done a, almost <laughs> done like a Joe Devoller and stalked her and taken oh, photos with a probably. with a with a um, telescopic lens <laughs> had like a little shrine <laughs> in his house and he walks in a dressing room oh hello Newman yeah hello Newman <laughs> yeah. Hello, Kathy. <laughs> Sally. Hello, Sally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. So why don't we? We saved the best for last. I we think. did. Uh, we'll talk about Tim Wally. Yes, but we'll talk a bit about Brian Cranston, the actor who played him. I think he's the most famous actor we've spoken about on this show so far. Yeah, we we had a similar discussion. I think when we we did the girl from about the Courtney Girls. Cox. Oh, Courtney Cox, yes. Yeah, and then we I, did the lady from Gilmore Girls. That's right, Laura Graham. Yeah, yeah, Laura I think. Graham. Yeah, I Laura think. Graham. I think the most famous actors would be between either Courtney Cox and Brian Cranston. Yeah, as secondary characters. I for think sure. in this day and age, Brian Cranston. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got more cultural sort of sway now after Breaking Bad. Yeah, well, but yeah. at the time, Courtney Cox a lot more famous. Yeah, well, I was going to say I was going to mention this a bit later, but Brian Cranston he was named in 2011 by the New York Times as one of eight actors who turned television into art okay. for his role as Walter White in Breaking Bad. Yeah. And that's what he's most famous for. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of eight actors ever. Mm. Yeah, crazy, huh? Uh, Brian Cranston has also played Hal in Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, he also appeared on other TV shows, including The Cleveland Show, Murder, She Wrote, and The King of Queens. Uh, his films include critically acclaimed films Argo, Drive, and Contagion. He was also in Godzilla, that reboot, mm. which didn't turn out too well. And he was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actor for Trumbo in okay. 2014. Hmm. Don't know yes. that one. And he was in five episodes of Seinfeld as Tim Motley. He was. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of trivia about Brian Cranston. Uh, I got a few interesting facts about him. Sure. Yeah. Things that you would never have thought. Okay. I thought, oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. He did a lot of work for uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He, what? Yeah, he was. Uh, he did a lot of voiceovers for them, and he voiced some characters, really, like some villains and stuff. Yeah, and he did a lot of work <laughs> behind the scenes. And uh, the crew and were really happy with him. He actually they named the Blue Rangers surname after him. Really, so the character's full name is Billy Cranston. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the the blue Power Ranger. The guy. You remember Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Yeah, I remember. The guy it. with the glasses. Yeah. Okay, I don't I don't remember the specific characters. Okay. Yeah. But I just remember the show. The Blue Ranger Billy. Huh. Billy Cranston. So they named him after him. <laughs> wow. Pretty cool, huh? He's come pretty far. Yeah. He, he apparently he was pivotal, like for the crew. He did a lot of work for them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Huh. This is before he became famous. Yeah, like, really yeah, famous. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. In his early career. Yeah, insane, wow. huh? Yeah, and that voiced, is crazy. Voiced, voiced some villains and stuff. Yeah, huh. it's cool. Um, also, I mentioned he was one of eight actors named by New York Times as one of the actors who turned television into art mm. in 2011. Uh, his famous, oh, his most favorite Malcolm in the Middle episode was called Roller Skates. Okay. His famous, <clears throat> excuse me, his favorite one to record. He spent six weeks learning to roller skate for the episode. Oh, wow. Season one episode, yeah. Okay. And he loved it. I never watched that show, so oh, don't know much about it. he's great as, um, in Malcolm in the Middle. I know the he's basic very... premise, but I don't. <laughs> I never really paid much attention to it. Yeah. It's very funny um, that what they did was after Breaking Bad finished, they filmed like an alternate ending. So what happened was they made it out to be like his character in the Malcolm in the Middle was Walter White oh. and he woke up from a dream. Oh, okay. And so he woke up and his TV wife, yep. Malcolm in the Middle, he goes, oh, oh. he wakes up and he, she goes, honey, what's wrong? He goes, I had the weirdest, and he's how? It's like, right. I had the weirdest dream. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was a chemistry teacher yeah. who turned into, who turned a, drug into lord. a drug lord. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So okay. they kind of did, just like a, like a yeah. fun one they filmed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that they brought back the Malcolm in the Middle cast for it. Huh. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah, crazy. No, he seems like a really good dude. Like I've, yeah, I, Brian I listened, Cranston, yeah. Yeah, I listened to an interview with him maybe a month ago on yeah. another podcast. Yeah. And he just talked about his acting career and, you know, just stories and all sorts of things and he just he just seems like a really cool dude yeah like a really awesome dude to hang out with yeah yeah really cool guy and he played Tim Motley really well as well yeah yeah it's just amazing how you see him as Tim Motley and then you see him now yeah and he's like a big name actor mm. crazy yeah yeah it's insane how his, how his career just propelled yeah I mean yeah. Breaking Bad just you know oh. that, that's an iconic role yeah career defining one of the best roles ever yeah in any show one of the best characters one of those one of the performances best oh Easily. Yeah, that made him. So good. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's his magnum opus. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, mean Tim Motley to... was good for him, but... Oh, they don't compare. They don't compare. No. Walter White. I mean, no. Hal, Hal was good for him, too. Yeah. Malcolm okay. Hill, but that showed his comedic side. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that really showed his dramatic side. It showed it showed how and diverse... his fucking evil side, too. Yeah, it showed how diverse he was. In yeah. Like, he could do comedy roles really well, mm. and he could do drama and really well. Yeah. So... He's an all-rounder. No, he's he's a wonderful, wonderful actor. Because you get some comedy actors who do drama and they're not that good. No, or you get some dramatic really actors over. or action stars who might do a comedy, you know, like Vin Diesel or whatever, yeah. and they're not that good. You know what I mean? Stop on my mum will shoot. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Junior. Junior, yeah, that's <laughs> the it. The pacifier. Yeah, all those ones, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, should we get into Tim Motley? Sure. So he's Jerry's dentist on the show. He also, I think he does work for Kramer off screen as well. He does. I think he's been, Kramer's been to him a couple of times. And George, also Elaine too. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also dates Elaine too. Yeah. In a couple of episodes. Yep. Uh, George calls in the dentist to the stars. Mm. Uh, in the mom and pop store, which we reviewed a few weeks ago, Tim invites everyone except Jerry to his Thanksgiving Day parade party. Uh, he's labeled a re-gifter in the label maker, one of the most famous episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when he gifts a label maker to Jerry for Super Bowl tickets after Elaine gifted it to him. <laughs> That's a bit of a shit act, and Elaine finds out. She's not happy, is she? Yeah, but it, apparently it was a shit uh, label maker. Yeah, apparently it was. Yeah, the labels would fall off. Yeah, after yeah. 10 minutes. So good. <laughs> uh, in the Jimmy, he supposedly violates Jerry with his striking dental assistant mm. while he's under anesthetic during a tooth filling. And they like to swap. Oh, apparently. Yeah. According to that, uh, what was it, Vogue or Playboy? Yeah. That centerfold. Some sort of blue mag. Yeah, blue mag, one of those. Uh, In the yada, 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 which I watched yesterday, he converts to Judaism. Uh, 
Jerry suspects that he did it so he can crash Jewish jokes. Just for the jokes. Just for the jokes. He converted to Judaism. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he goes, you know, something is like, this is what our people suffered for 3,000 years. And Jerry's yeah. just like, what? Like, well, no, you, you, mean five, you mean 5,000 5, 5, years. 5,000 yeah, 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 yeah. years, yeah. And, and then like, Kramer calls him an anti-dentite. <laughs> You're an anti-dentite. Yeah. <laughs> I love... I, I think it's in that episode. Yeah, it's at the end of that episode where Jerry's at the wedding. Yeah. Um, and uh, someone's dad turns around and he goes, if this wasn't my son's wedding, I'd knock your teeth oh, out. Oh, yeah, that's Robert you, Wagner. That, oh, that, that, that's um, that's Mickey's dad. Oh, Mickey, yeah. Mickey, the, the, yeah, the, uh, the yeah, short yeah, guy. Kramer's yeah, mate. Kramer's yeah, yeah. mate. He gets married to one of the girls. Oh, that's right. That, that, that they double yeah, date yeah, with. If yeah. this wasn't my son's wedding, I'd turn around. I'd knock your teeth out, you anti-dentite and bastard. I love, and I love um, Deborah Messing's character. Yeah. You know, like, because Jerry's like, oh, the marriage broke up again. You know, I've been waiting out this marriage, blah, mm. blah, blah. And she goes, what do you call a, a doctor who couldn't get through medical school? A dentist. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, who needs those as well as blacks and Jews? And then Jerry's face just kind of goes, ugh. And then, like, the credits roll. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, oh, God. I dated, like, an anti-Semitic racist. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> what have I done? He's just, like, right at the end. He's yeah. just, like, his face. It's like, yeah. Uh, just drops. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of similar to um, in the limo, you know, when it cuts back from the ad break. And, and George is reading um, O'Brien's speech. And he's like, and the black man. Is yeah. And Jerry's just like. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty much the same deal. Yeah, yeah. she's like she's like a neo-Nazi, yeah, Semitic white supremacist. Not a very nice person no, at all. No, 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 no. So the first word that came to mind for I was trying to figure out Tim Watley because he's so many different people. Like sometimes so, I'm like he's likable, sometimes he's slimy. Sometimes yeah. I don't Especially know. Especially the Jimmy, yeah, very oh, slimy. Yeah. Oh, one more thing I forgot to mention. Oh, sorry. In in the that's all right. In the strike, he gives out Christmas gifts that are actually donations made under the recipient's name. And that's how George gets inspiration for the Human Fund. <laughs> <laughs> His sham charity. Yeah, that's right. The Human Fund. The Human Fund. Uh, yeah. So the first word that comes to mind, I, I tried to sum him up in a word, and it's douchebag. He's a, yeah. He's a fucking douchebag. He is a douchebag, yeah. <laughs> I like him. Well, I like his character, but yeah, he's a yeah. fucking slimy oh, douchebag. He's a slimy dude. Yeah. You can tell he's really into... Uh, Swinging. He's very, I guess you'd say, flexible. Yeah, I guess so. He's into many things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I think he wears a bunch of different caps. Um, uh, yeah, he's just he's just a slime bag. Yeah. He's a fucking is. slime bag. He sure is, yeah. Yeah. I think he... other. I mean, Joe is an exception because he's mentally ill. Yeah. Like, you know, can you really blame him? Mm. You know, he should be responsible for his actions. He's schizophrenic. He's, but he's... Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's got severe mental illness. I don't think... Tim does. He's not mentally ill, no. He's. I think he's the only person that truly deserves any sort of animosity from Jerry yeah. as as one of Jerry's as enemies. one of his enemies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, out of yeah, out point. of Kenny. Like Kenny oh, is Sally Weaver too, because Sally Weaver basically denigrates him. Yeah. You know. I guess so. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's mm. true. But anyway, you know, Watley deserves it the most. Yeah, I think yeah. Watley is the least likable, barring bar Joe Devola. You know, because can you really blame him for his actions? Yeah. As much as you can blame Tim Watley or yeah. any of the others, yeah, I think he's the least likable, for sure. Yeah, out of all the characters, definitely. Yeah, mm, and uh, he certainly goes through his dental assistance, if you know what I mean. He does. Yeah, he damn. does like to swap. One thing I noticed is that his hair gets... He, I mean, it's Brian Cranston's natural ageing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he gets bolder and bolder as the episodes go on. Does he get bored? Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. He, he, has short, he has short hair. Yeah, yeah he, he sort yeah, of has yeah, like yeah. a... You know, like He's a, got like a wild like, mane, doesn't he? Like a he? Jerry mop. Yeah, a Jerry know, mop. Yeah. You know, a bit a bit less neat. Yeah. Because Jerry's neat. And then he has less hair as he goes Yeah, on. and it's yeah. sort of shaved towards the end. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. That's right, because of his age, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind you, he seems like a really good dentist. I think oh. he's a highly qualified dentist. I think he's very good, yeah. He obviously went to dental school. 
school and uh, he's very highly regarded amongst his peers. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I was trying to think, why, other than the jokes, do you think that's the only reason he converted to Judaism? Do you think maybe he was going through a bit of an identity crisis? Mm, probably. See, my theory is that he... You don't think he did it for the jokes, as per Jerry's theory? Uh, I think he had a deeper motivation as well as the jokes. You know, like, usually something like that is comes from a really deep like insecurity or a really deep sort of personal reason well to be fair George converted to Latvian Orthodox for a woman for a woman yeah that's so, true you know. but he he thought that but she he's was vapid the... he, he, but he's, he's insane like that so yeah. you know, he'll do it yeah George yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I see my theory is that how old would you say he is in the show 35, 40 yeah yeah 35, 40 yeah. see my, my theory is that he was at the start of a midlife crisis and that's why he got into you know unsavory practices shall we say yeah, dead, yeah. you know but you know i think he sort of started swinging and trying to be young yeah and you know also i think he was just going through a massive midlife crisis that turned into a really hardcore identity crisis so then you think because of all that debauchery hmm. he kind of thought what am i doing uh, i don't think the debauchery triggered a conversion to judaism, judaism yeah. and like that was a reckoning hmm. i think it was just indicative of him not being happy with his life yeah. and he was just searching for deep answers to to you know to find out who he was well one point he made in the yada yada when he speaks to jerry he goes it's not easy for dentists we have the highest suicide rate amongst occupations exactly so, maybe you know. yeah maybe you know in line with that maybe one of his friends you know committed suicide maybe, or something yeah, and yeah. you know and that sort of triggered a a really long process of ex- self-exploration and self-analysis and he thought that he could numb out the pain yeah. I, I i can't remember the the order of things but, you know, if we just sort of pretend that he was swinging and, you know, yeah. being a debaucherous dentist. That's right. A dentist to the stars. A dentist I, to I the think stars. He, I think he did celebrities too. I reckon I reckon he did their, did their teeth as well. That's true. Yeah, because, you know, George calls him dentist to the stars. Mm. It's obviously, it's implied that A-listers probably go there. Yeah. You know, New but York, isn't, New York isn't that socialites just, and isn't stuff. Isn't that just a reference to John Voight? Because he thinks that... Oh, no, he doesn't know... Jer- no, George doesn't know that John Voight knows him. No, no, episode, but, yeah. no, but that, the yada yada is later on. That's Mom true. Mum and Pop Store happened like two seasons before. That's true. So no, he, he knows it's not the real John Voight. No, that's true. No, but I think celebrities go to him too. I reckon he's that highly regarded. Mm. He's well connected that even A-listers go to him. Maybe socialites. Do you think that contributes to, if we, you know, if we, uh, if we go along with the theory of an identity crisis mm. or deep, deep unhappiness with who he is or yeah. what he's doing... He, he sees rich and famous people who have high profiles, lots of money. They might not be happy, no. but on the surface, they seem to have the best lives possible. Yeah. And that just feeds that insecurity of I like, so. yeah. you know, he's, he's so close to who they are, yeah. but he's still just, a, you know, a lowly dentist. He doesn't have their lives. Uh, well, I think, I don't think he's a lowly dentist. Well, I mean, he does. Compa- uh, like when I say, look at his when I say lowly, room, I just yeah. mean on a superficial social yeah, level. I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think because with him, like his dental surgery is like really high end. If you notice mm. the furniture and the decor, it's really high end. You That's know, true. Fancy, you know? I'll go one better with you. Yeah. I think Tim Watley's a drug addict. Okay. Because in the Jimmy, you know how he gives he gives um Jerry the nitrous oxide. Yeah, he you takes, a, he takes, takes a, a puff too? himself. Yeah. I reckon he gets high off that stuff. Mm. He probably does cocaine. He probably does other drugs. Okay. You know, Do you reckon he he's out partying with, maybe the stars? He probably mixes with the stars, yeah. They probably all know him. Oh, he's my dentist. Yep. Come and have a party, you know, come to my mansion. And he, he's probably got some, you know, because uh, drugs probably got so, access to some opiates as well. Yeah, because, you know, drugs are so prevalent in Hollywood and the music industry, mm. you know. He probably just hits them up. They're probably That's true. Some drugs, have whatever you want. So I reckon maybe, he's a drug addict. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a bit of a drug dealer as well. Yeah. 
But do you think? Oh, probably not a dealer. But I think not he's a like dealer. A high but end, I reckon he does like the high end stuff, like cocaine and all that kind okay. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. He doesn't do like crack or anything. He'll sure. Do like more. Yeah. High end drugs. Yeah, like yeah. rich people drugs. Yeah, rich people drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Cocaine. Okay. I use a cocaine addict. Yeah. No, that's a good point actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that would explain some of his behaviours. Actually, he's quite like cocky yeah, and brazen. He, he is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's and you can see something behind his eyes. You can tell. Yeah. There's something. Something with him. Yeah. I think Brian Cranston portrayed. I reckon when Brian went for the role, he probably thought, "I think this guy." Probably some of the influence of drugs, or he's got some deep dark secret. Yeah, there's or something. He's got something going on. I reckon he really looked at that role and said, "Yeah, I think I can work with this." You know, and yeah. with and with and because he's enormously he's an enormously talented actor. Mm. You know, he pulled it off really well. Yeah, I reckon that's probably what he was going for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's fair to say that Tim Watley seems not that he hasn't anything to offer the world. Yeah, but I think personally he feels deeply unfulfilled and unsatisfied and just very empty. Yeah, and he's trying to fill that with drugs, with yep. living a lifestyle that with debauchery is, is yeah. you know is vacuous and vapid. That's right. At the end of the day, mixing with the A-listers, you know, his clients. Yeah, thinking that for. that yeah. will give him happiness, but it doesn't. No. and he knows it on a very deep level. Wow, we got really deep with Watley, haven't we? I think so. We could have done his own episode. Well, I mean, he's the most prominent secondary character that we're doing in this episode. Oh, he sure is. Yeah, and the most complicated. Yeah, and the know, most he, interesting. Too. Yeah, like like there's, Ken- a lot, there's a lot to him. I think yeah. Brian Cranston's portrayal is just. It's left it really open-ended, hasn't That's it? it, yeah. yeah and yeah. I mean, Kenny Banyer, Joe Devola, like, they're the same character from the start all the way to the end. That's right, whereas not, Watley not... evolves. Yeah, he, he does. Changes, yeah. He go, Like, he's pretty mild-mannered yeah. in, in the first episode he appears in at the party. That's right. And then he sort of gets more and more douchey as he goes along and more and more complicated. So there's more to explore. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he's... Conv- you know, maybe he thinks that, well... You know, I can't find answers or satisfaction in drugs. And, I'll just and, find God. Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, search for something more meaningful. Some divine intervention. Yeah, yeah and, yeah. you know, uh, and maybe Jerry's too, you know, not very perceptive over people's problems or suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just thinks, I oh, just did it for the jokes. Yeah, I think so too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I think I, there's probably more to it. For sure. That, yeah. I don't think anyone would convert, you know, it's a comedy, fictional comedy series, but I don't think anyone would ever convert, you know, because you could converting to any religion is not just something yeah. you can do overnight exactly and Watley never confirms or denies that he does it for the jokes no he never says anything no yeah that's it but I yeah I think I think something really a, a deep unhappiness is driving him to do what he does I think he finds I think to summarise his conversion to Judaism I think he finds Judaism to be part of something yep yeah he says my people our people yeah I think he uses it to tr- I think he's lost and then yeah. you try and find, you know, when you obviously, when you become part of a religion. Yeah, you're you part meet, of a community. Part of, I think he wanted to be part of a community. Okay. You know, he wanted to meet like-minded people. Yep. And he thought Judaism is the way to go. Yeah. I want to convert. That's true. I want to meet people and hopefully they can mellow me out and I'll get off the drugs if I'm not off already and then I can, you know, focus yeah. on my life. This, on a clean, on clean living. This um, this very deep dive into Tim Watley's changed my opinion on him. Yeah, I mean, he's he still does douchey things oh, and he does. some some reprehensible things that we and, and we talked about in the Jimmy. Absolutely inexcusable. I but, mean, he should be in jail for that. Yeah, if he's caught. Well, I mean, it's only suggested, but oh, but well, if, if it really happened, yeah, far out. Yeah, and if you don't want to know what we're talking about, go back and listen to the Jimmy, which was in season one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a shorter episode than what this will be, I think. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. We did touch a bit, uh, like on his character in that episode a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I have I have more empathy for him now. I reckon that's one of the best analyses we've ever done. I'd say <laughs> so. Character Wally, holy shit! Yeah, just kind of uh, yeah. built and built and built deep. Yeah. And on that note, oh, that was a good one to finish up on. Actually, Indeed. holy crap! Very deep dive. Really deep dive. What did you think, folks? Let us know. Yeah. If you have any other opinions on any other characters we've talked about uh, or past characters we've reviewed, let us know. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, that's it for the secondary characters for the episode. So. 
to wrap up, normally we go through our top 10 uh, episodes we've reviewed, but because yeah. this is not an episode episode of the pod, uh, we'll leave that. If you want to know our top 10 episodes, uh, just go back and listen to last week's episode, The Pen. Yeah, that's right. Um, they haven't changed, obviously. No, they haven't. No, but uh, we also do our top 10 secondary characters, but uh, none of the characters that we've talked about are in the 10, but I can confirm that Banya would have been 12th or 13th. Okay. Just missed the 10. Right. So he's in my 20. Okay. Yep. None of the characters that we've done today were in my top 10 or yep. 20. I was considering putting Watley in after our chat. Okay. Well, Watley would be fantastic. Maybe I'll throw him in somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not top 10. I don't know. Yeah. I'll it's think not about like, it. It's not like that can't change between now and next week. Of or course. Of sometime course. in the future. Yeah. Anyway, man, that was, that was crazy. It was good. <laughs> it's good. That's why we do this. That's why we do it. Indeed. And we hope you love it. Subscribe, will you? Yeah. <laughs> Please. So, uh, I think the only thing we have to talk about for the week is Seinfeldisms. Yeah, and you have one, don't you? I've got two. Oh, two. Nice one. That's it. So, on the weekend, uh, I went out with some friends uh, at a venue near me, a local pub, and uh, I actually put this up on Instagram if you want to have a look. Um, I was just waiting. I think I was sitting at a table waiting for a beer. Yeah. And uh, my friend tapped me on the shoulder and pointed, and uh, my friend is actually Stacy who was supposed to appear on this week's episode. We did mention last week and maybe the week before that she was going yeah. to. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, but things didn't work out, no. but she will be joining us next week. Yeah, we can't wait. Three of us in the studio. That's it. Good. And next week we're talking about the season four episode, The Movie. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah. So apologies if you were wanting to hear Stacey this week, but she'll be with us next week. Yeah. So we're at the pub and she tapped on my shoulder and she pointed and uh, I looked up and there was a sign. Uh, it was a, a sign uh, for the no smoking area oh sorry not you like saying you, that you yeah. can't smoke yep. near the near the eating area and i had a picture of the soup nazi yes it you no send me that you. one that's yeah, awesome yeah. yeah i put it up on instagram if you want to uh, have a look at that nice pretty cool not so for you no that's it and the second one actually occurred today so uh, i think i've mentioned a few times that i'm on a personal mission to watch every simpsons episode from start to finish and i watch one generally one a day and this morning's episode was a season 19 episode called That 90s Show. Oh, yeah. He told me about that one. Yeah. and it's sort of, Sadgasm. It's, that's it. And it's a flashback episode where Homer and Marge, it kind of retcons the whole chronology. Uh, sorry, the whole uh, canon of The Simpsons. And uh, in the episode, the flashback, Homer and Marge meet in the 90s. Yeah. And Homer gets dumped. And he forms a, a grunge band who's huh. just a Nirvana ripoff. Yeah. They're called Sadgasm. It's a terrible episode. It sure is. But because it's set in the 90s. Marge is like unsure about whether she loves Homer and she's trying to reconcile her feelings. Yeah. And Homer being a simple man, he's watching TV and he's watching Seinfeld. Ah, yeah, cool. Yeah, and he quotes a few a few Seinfeld uh, lines and he nice. mentions a few characters. Do they have like the Seinfeld characters in Simpsons form? Uh, no, no, no. You don't see. Oh, you just hear it. Yeah. You just hear the theme music. Oh, okay. Um, the, you know, like our intro music. That'd be funny seeing the Seinfeld characters in Simpsons form probably some copyright issue or something yeah, there probably, yeah yeah i yeah. oh, actually know they'd get away with it if it was parody yeah anyway beinfeld beinfeld <laughs> what's the deal with train food <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah uh yeah and then my seinfeldisms for the week excellent that was bidwabask if you want to get us on social media we're at bidwabask b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c we also have an email address bidwabask podcast gmail.com and Stephen what's our website uh, it's bibblebass.com and we're also available on iTunes and wherever else you get your podcasts uh, so you can listen to us subscribe to us uh, spread the word uh, and it would be amazing if you could leave us a review it helps us out a lot um, absolutely yeah it helps out our exposure yeah helps spread the word um, if you don't want to leave us a review if you want to tell some friends or family or anyone else who likes Seinfeld 
or just wants to listen to two people talk shit about Seinfeld for an hour or so every week, that would be amazing. Oh man, I'm still reeling about Tim Watley. No. Oh man, I'm feeling it. I think we'll have a good chat on the way home. We will. <laughs> we will. Studio. We will. Yeah, my name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. See you next week for the movie.